This week's appendix of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by Nick Basile. Wait a minute. Yeah. What? He donated yeah. to our Patreon. Yeah, thanks, Nick. And uh, if you want to be like Nick, a hero, I will say, uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and offer your support. Even as little as a dollar a month helps. Check out the rewards. Consider doing it. And if you don't, you're still listening to us and we love you still. Nick me with your best shot. Oh, in addition, this is also brought to you by The Level. That is duckfeed.tv slash The Level. It is a podcast about modern video games that I do with some friends. Mm-hmm. Very good. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat Appendix. It is a cursed undead second favorite. <laughs> You know, I think that we got a little bit screwed by uh, Kingsfield also doing the curse thing. I guess, yeah, I guess that's too. true. We can't yeah. say, like, oh, it is the depraved favorite. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it probably is. Yeah, There's I mean, some, some weird fetishists out there. Yeah. Like, oh, lower implications. Oh. <laughs> you got, <laughs> got hedonism bot up there. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh. uh, where's the Emerald Herald coming to us? Uh, <laughs> tight in uh, <laughs> Where's the Chandler? Oh, oh sweet, sweet, of course, so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> You're a sweet, sweet Chandler. <laughs> Let's ta- stop talking about masturbating to video games, <laughs> which is generally a thing that I'm against. <laughs> can I can say this, Cole, and you don't have to answer me if it's not true. Okay. Um, and your silence uh, may or may not speak volumes. <laughs> You're not answer this. You, you I don't even know why I'm going to say it. Ah. Well. <laughs> that wasn't the question. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it because I think it's a funny question to ask. Um, but your silence will not speak volumes. Um, I can say that I have never uh, been aroused by a video game. Uh, not been aroused. I've sought out, like in my in my younger times, like when Dead or Alive Two came out on the Dreamcast, and it had the secret thing for uh, the secret thing that like make the boobs jigglier. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh. I'm I'm adolescent and that inter- interests me, but I don't know if it did anything. Like I remember seeking it out specifically for its purient kind of kind of uh, yeah. you know kind kind of interest, right? Like you know, I think I had my brother check it out from Babbage's when he was working there. I was like, <laughs> there's boobs, <laughs> and then you know didn't do anything with it. So I, I wonder if it's a generational thing. I might be just bragging about that, but really it's just like bragging about not finding Samus in a bikini. You know, attractive because like i was just older by the time there was any kind of fidelity to it true like i will i will say that like uh this is gonna make me sound like a real weirdo like Catherine, like made me think about sex in a different way but that isn't no you're not not in a different way like you're just like huh like a video game with a take on sex that's weird huh yeah you know kind you know kind of like in the way that like a you know just a a, a very adult oriented film would be not straight up the straight up like a por- porno film yeah, well, you can you can feature sex without being pornographic. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, I just, and, and, you know, I've you never know. been like I've never been like aroused by the image of like, a video game. You've character. never you, you didn't like beat off furiously to Tifa. Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. totally not. Yeah. So I mean, just kind of like something can okay, something can activate the erogenous kind of zones of my brain or whatever, and it's me think, huh? This is a this is a weird topic 
for my mind to bring up in the middle of this thing that I don't normally associate with it. But it's not like I need to go find some deviant art of this chick right away. Yeah. Or, or that like, you know, it made your dick move. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wasn't like, what? Swing. I wish I yeah, could whistle because I, I had like, a is, sweet wolf whistle there. Like I, <laughs> I, I've been making you know the very definition of insanity, um, beating my head up against Dragon Age again mm-hmm. for one reason or another, and some of the uh, sexualization of some of the of uh, Morgan is really weird to me. Mm. And uh, she dresses; she looks like um, like a more modest. Uh, what was what was the name of the uh, the black mage in Final Fantasy X? Oh, Lulu. Yeah, Lulu. Yeah, that unfortunate bust. Yeah. I, I mean, Morgan would be more uh, problematic if she wasn't also kind of a cool character. Yeah. I no, she, she's fine. I just wish that she didn't show so much side boob. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit. I, like, uh, I, get the, I get the feeling that Dragon Age actually takes more from Game of Thrones than hmm. people realized until Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire got into people's like consciousness. Yeah. I, th- I, could- I, th- I think that might be a thing. Yeah. Having, having having not consumed any media related to Game of Thrones. Yeah, but, yeah, it know. definitely could be. Like, it's definitely that kind of low yeah. fantasy. Low-cut fantasy. Yeah, low-cut low fantasy. <laughs> TV tropes, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> TV tropes, for the win. Um, <laughs> yeah, I felt so bad. It's <laughs> like, oh, you like, you like rant for a site, don't you? And yeah. We're doing this. We're doing this bullshit. Uh, oh man but so uh, we have some errata and follow-up that ain't related to making your dick move uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't uh, uh why don't you get started with ian sure yeah. um ian says by contact regarding human effigies when burned they block all multiplayer activities invasion and co-op for around 30 minutes this timer only seems to count down when you're actually in the area so leaving and returning doesn't stop the effect NPC summons aren't affected, so I assume NPC invasions aren't either. Sir Lobos the Mighty wouldn't have been able to burn his effigy if he was playing offline. You have to be able to you have to be online to do it, presumably to save you from wasting one for no reason. That's kind of them. Yeah. I mean it would have been kinder to explain that, but it's kind of them to <laughs> yeah, been... make it so you can't throw it down a bottomless ash pit. It's still the worst use of a human effigy. Mm-hmm. Like it's still so, you know, and like Non-NPC invasions are so rare, and that's a, a tired stump to be on. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't happen, you know, very often at all. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the only, kind of speaking of last episode, the only time that it almost seems useful, and you can't do it for that, would be to, like, try to get to the gargoyles without getting invaded. Yeah. You know, or try to pick up some items in Belfry Soul without having to fight a thousand gray phantoms. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, Ian. Yeah. So, Kiri. <laughs> Uh, says via the contact form. Just wanted to say I missed that the, I missed the thesis statements you did for areas in Dark Souls. Did you forget about it, or do the areas in Dark Souls two not support them as well? Maybe a little bit of both. For me, it's like forgetting. Like it, uh, you writing this actually made me put one in the previous episode. Um, I think we fell off of that in Demon Souls because that game didn't support it as well, and so it stopped being a ritual for me. But uh, very much could be the case that not everything in Dark Souls two needs a dorky pithy statement. And so many of them are the same or very similar to areas in, in Dark Souls 1 yeah. as far as if we wanted to boil them down to something. Yeah. You know, things that previously were like, this is the first time we're being exposed to this mm-hmm. are now just kind of souls. <laughs> you know? um, but I think it's definitely got out of the habit with Demon Souls. Yeah. 
um, you know, at some point there'll be a production blog about like what it was like editing that the first season of the show versus the second where Demon Souls, where um, the game supported it a little bit less. And also the community, there wasn't as much like dialogue to choose from and sound effects. And it was harder to get, you know, these kind of production assets yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would read that. <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> the uh, you know what we'll what to, we'll to put that up somewhere. <laughs> the um yeah, so we'll do them from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even feel that bad. Like we've missed too many opportunities in this uh, no. in this season. Like I don't feel like the areas we've covered so much really support themselves to it. Right, or lend themselves to it too much. Yeah. But I thank you for saying you missed something. Like yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's always it's always the thing. Like where if you stop doing something and people say, oh, I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's when you find out you like it. So the show's canceled until you all show that you love us more. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Holding a hostage. Um, Sean says via contact. One interesting thing, thing to note about No Man's Wharf, or at least one thing that's interesting to me, is that the Viking enemies are specifically called Varangians. Uh, Varangians are, are is what the medieval Greeks and Byzantines called the Vikings. More importantly, the Varangian Guard was a mercenary group founded by Emperor Basile II in the 10th century AD that served as the emperor's personal bodyguard. Honestly, don't know how this information could connect to DS2 lore, or if it's just G Wiz stuff. But I figured if anyone could draw a connection there, it's you guys. This I, I wrote back to him, kind of gushing about it. This is one of my favorite pieces of mail we've gotten. It's interesting. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's you know historical context. I think that maybe they pulled out a thesaurus and like, what else could we call Vikings that doesn't make this into Vikings? I think that's what I think that's what happened. Yeah, that 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 might that might be the you know the 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 uh, the, the strongest that the lore gets, but also the fact that an emperor called his thing that, and these are people who were specifically put into service by King Bendrick to uh, to start hoarding people. Yeah, um, maybe possibly it's weak. I mean, it's like it's, it's grasping at straws, but uh, yay history. So there's, yeah, there's that weird thing where like history is you know just referenced. For no particular reason. Like, in the last episode, where we're talking about the lost Bastille. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bastille is a thing. Yeah. You know, it's not an English word. No. Um, so, yeah, I think I think, it, I think it's that. I think I they mean, just wanted a cool name for a race and wanted to kind of connect a little bit. Like the Melfia note we had a couple episodes ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Without being a reference to Mel. I think it's kind of a reference. Mm-hmm. Huh. I thought that uh, um, Bastille was actually just a, a generic word for fortress, but it's actually uh, a proper name. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, let me. Are you are you looking that up as well? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, looking. It's a, I, yeah, it's a specific for, fortress, and it's a or fortress, and it's a French word. Yeah. So it's a it's it's from the old French for bastida or bastier to build. So it's like an archaic form for building. Yeah. But yeah, the, like the, it sounds cool. Yeah, of course. I mean, so. it's like there the, the, are certain things. I mean, French in general. I don't like the language that much, but uh, just it's kind of like a laser guided cool word system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taking stances about languages on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like the language that much. <laughs> no, just, it's all. There, I'm going to go for German. I like, there's I think a lot Ger- of milk throat. Yeah, German has more percussion to it. You know, like if you're going to have some milk throat with, uh, with a lot of emphasis to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, so Hugh says via contact, one of the most uh, surprising things in Dark Souls 2 that I found was how important weapon damage types are. Strike or blunt will wreck a number of enemies like old knights uh, where other weapons fail. At what point I used a normal mace instead of a plus six S-Doc because it did twice as much damage. Have you guys noticed this much? Yep. Yeah. So It's, it's, a, it's the speed running. Like it's the, if you watch any speed runs, like the mace, like blunt weapons are king in Dark Souls 2. 
And the mace is the king of all weapons in Dark Souls 2. Yeah. It is the greatest weapon you can use. Like dual wielding, power stancing maces will kill bosses the fastest. Yeah. Uh, On the Video Games Hot Dog podcast, uh, Zach was expressing just bewilderment over the course of, I I think, three episodes that the stick that you buy from Olentia is the strongest weapon that you can get for a good long while that does more damage. And specifically because of that. Mm-hmm. Because you know, because of this different types of uh, damage thing. So for me, like when I run into an enemy where my weapon isn't doing much, I I immediately think, oh, this isn't an enemy I'm supposed to fight right now. Um, even though, even though I know that's not the case, like I it, it never makes enough of a point to differentiate the two types of damage. And so like switch to a thrusting or switch to a so and so doesn't doesn't like occur to me as quickly as it ought to, given the fact that I played so many of these games. Well, what's interesting, though, is that other elements of the game design support having kind of that style. Mm-hmm. So, like, having being able to switch between three weapons and the um, the weapon durability system, yeah. both lend themselves to having, like, a backup weapon. You know, like, I think you're meant to, and you can get something to its ultimate uh, upgrade quicker at plus 10 rather than plus 15. Yeah. Um, like, I think the idea is that you're supposed to have kind of an alternate weapon for different situations. Like, I'm not saying that you're wrong or that mm-hmm. they, they oh, actually yeah. do underline it more, but uh, it, it is definitely something that's supported by the body of the game, mm-hmm. I think. I, you know, and you know, I, I think that there are a lot of like beefs you could have with the with the interface. Like, I don't know, it's kind of lost to me when I look at that screen. Like, what kind of damage this thing does? Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have to hit select and no, I just kind of feel it out. Like, oh, I'm not yeah. doing any damage to this thing. Mm-hmm. The way the way they do really underline it is in um, the Shaded Woods oh, yeah. with those magic resistant Rasta lions. <laughs> like those those things are you know that's that's a precipice that you're you know a brick wall <laughs> that you run straight into. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I, I agree with you. Even though, like, since you can beat it with any weapon, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just not that fun to use, like a big clubby weapon. Like, I'd rather yeah. use something else. So that's okay too. Th- There's some people that swear by their gigant, their giant club. The giant club is great. That yeah. was one of the best weapons in Dark Souls One too. Yeah. Um, the most fun two-handed build I had was with the giant club. <laughs> and uh, I did a. I didn't actually beat the game. I just got up to where I could do uh, dual wield the giant club and the large club, <laughs> um, just to see it. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty fun. Huh. I would be too distracted by like anything clipping through the giant club. Everything clips through the yeah. giant club. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is a constant clip. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. walking around with uh with, with the Xanthus hat on your arm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so thank you everybody for your uh, rata and, and corrections and such questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to responses about the lost Bastille. Mandy says via contact. I have to say that the Bastille is among my favorite areas in the game, simply because of its massive size, along with the way that you eventually see how the rest of its bonfires connect to one another. I was really hoping uh, that more of the game's area had a similar design behind them, because going through this area gives you that nice feeling of discovering how certain places are connected, and that's uh, something a lot of us miss from the original game. Design woes aside, I can't help but get the feeling that they are trying to evoke a similar atmosphere to Demon Souls' Latria in the Bastille. From simple observation, you could already tell that the place was used for more than just a prison. You have exploding undead mummies locked up in ash-filled caskets uh, with faces resembling a giant's, and the, a whole lot of personnel to make sure no one gets out. Maybe it's just me, but there's a cl- creeping feeling of dread that this place gives off that Aldia's Keep certainly couldn't. I got all kinds of dread from Aldia's Keep. <laughs> yeah. I, I will, I, I will brook no shit talk of Aldia's Keep. That's yeah. probably my favorite area in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, atmosphere and lore and how it looks and everything. Yeah, and speaking specifically of those uh, caskets slash urn kind of things that look like giants' faces, mm-hmm. and, you know, this is the first time we've encountered them in the game so far, right? 
Yes. Except for the couple that are sitting right outside the pit. Yeah. 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 So... The um. Yeah, the caskets urns that look like giants' faces. What? Maybe I'm missing what you're talking about. Yeah, you know the ones that look kind of like uh, like bowling pins that the, uh, the like spitters. Yeah, yeah, but uh, specifically in uh, in in Lost Bastille, there are things that look like the spitters, but they're bigger and they have cages, uh, like oh, okay. in, the, in the in the belly of them that look like the the the, yeah, the, uh, the statue that about. the rotten is making. Yeah, um, they look also... like um, the like the giant grimace thing from McDonald's Playland. <laughs> like if you go to a McDonald's Playland and get inside a grimace, it's one of those. <laughs> and you just rock that shit back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they they, they pop up here. Uh, given that that design is so prevalent throughout the game, I, and I think that it has links to uh, both Aldia and the Rotten. I'm not quite sure what to ascribe to it, but any any time they pop up, I think we should and, point it and out. And Pharos. Oh yeah, true. I was thinking that Curse Pops would be the channeler yeah. of, uh, of the season, but maybe it's those things. Yeah. Well, the the Curse Pots kind of kind of come across like Pharaoh's things too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I will break out the cards and yarn, Gary. Yeah. Yep. Put up, <laughs> boil up some Mountain Dew. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so David says via the contact form, uh, learning how to fight against superior numbers is the lesson of the day in the Lost Bastille. Dogs, crazy mummies with pole arms, and mobs of knights are all waiting to gang up on you and finding a 1v1 fight is rare. It was much harder for my melee build, but mastering the area prov- uh, provided me with that warm, fuzzy feeling that the Souls, uh, the Souls game can give me when you do it right. Agreed. Yeah. yeah not much to add to that, but I, we definitely agree. Yeah, you do a lot of uh, three-on-one fights and stuff in the the Forest of Fallen Giants as well. True. Um, They're just tougher here. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, Yeah. Uh, Tim says, via contact, my most memorable moment in the Lost Bastille came after beating the Ruined Sentinels. After resting at the bonfire, I followed the ladder down and used a Pharos Lockstone. Not knowing uh, what was behind the new door, I stepped through and a gray fog gate immediately popped up behind me, followed by an invasion <laughs> message. And then a second invasion message. I sat on that tiny bridge, bridge watching two invaders through the cracks in the door before I could do anything. The door exploded in a fireball and I was quickly <laughs> knocked off the edge by my invader. Sam Sara. <laughs> um, all I can think about was how, mu- uh, was how much Cole has been trying to avoid saying Cycle of Samsara. <laughs> Sorry to bring it back up, Soul. Cycle of Samsara. <laughs> You just called me soul. Yeah, or, oh, well, man, I'm I've got some mush mouth going on. Sorry about that. That's fine. Um, yeah. mm. uh, you know, I, I'm I, I'm avoiding saying it under duress. Yeah, I'm making him do that. Yeah, I just don't want to hear it anymore. Only under the threat that it will never show up in show notes again. Yeah, so just uh, there's no point in saying it if it's not going to be documented. Exactly. And uh, it will never show up in show notes again. We could do a podcast about the cycle of Samsara, and it will never show up. <laughs> it wouldn't even show up. It would just be redacted yeah. from the iTunes listing. Yeah, it'll just be like listening to John or uh, John Cage's, you know, four minutes. Four thirty three. Yeah, four thirty three over and over and over. <laughs> but you're probably going to put a link to Judge four thirty three in there. Yeah, <laughs> which which I, I would do anyway. Yeah, because <laughs> that gets a link. Oh man, yeah, that's funny. I like I like uh, funny invasion stories just I, I that, that you hadn't even had a chance to open the door. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Which I would I would have thought that uh, that you wouldn't be able to trigger that if you weren't in the uh, in the belfry proper. But no, the bridge the bridge is the the place. Huh. There's a there's a guy who does um on YouTube who does weapon showcases mm-hmm. called Mister I don't I won't forget, the- and uh, that's his his place of choice for doing those. He tends to be on the bridge a lot of the time. Yeah, and hmm. uh, yeah. 
Uh, Jeffrey says via contact, this is one of my favorite areas in the game so far. From the environmental gameplay mechanics, knocking over barrels to kill enemies, or open the way to bonfires, having to light the torch for Macduff, uh, to the interconnected feel that brings Dark Souls 1 to mind. For blowing my mind when Strayed pretty much refers to the Witch of Isleth by name. The gargoyles returning in Belfry Luna. Uh, getting friend-zoned by Lucatil. <laughs> Yeah, it really is in for a penny and for a pound, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Friendzoned. Friendzoned for the win. <laughs> um, I wonder if you'll mention uh, what I thought when playing this area. This is either the Undead Parish or Sen's Fortress. Uh, even has the same shortcut cage elevator or uh, the Undead Asylum based on Strayed's comments. I disagree, friend. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like if the I... Asylum had totally different geography and everything. They, yeah. they, they just both have the same function. But yeah. they're, like, the Asylum wasn't next. It was on a mountain instead of on an ocean. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and uh, those, uh, those, those elevators pop up later, too. And they're different. Yeah. In a real creepy way. Like the, the, they're the elev- more these contoured. Ones, they're way more contoured. And you cross, like the way you cross your arms uh-huh. over and like have to hold your head stock still. Mm-hmm. Like I love the elevators in Dark Souls, too. But yeah. they're pretty different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that any <laughs> there are no such thing as bad ideas. No, no, there's not. Sorry, to just jump on your shit. <laughs> no, no, Jeffrey. yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even saying like yeah. oh, I wasn't playing good cop. It's just kind of like <laughs> oh, like him saying that made me think like oh, like is there like flavors of parish? There, there's an area later that I definitely thought was the parish, but hmm. um, no. but uh, sends I'm not sure, and it's obviously meant to evoke the undead asylum, so I can't blame you for that either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't, I don't think it's necessarily the same thing. Like the idea of different kingdoms uh, dealing with the undead in the, in the same way mm-hmm. totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jayfish via contact says, welcome to the wonderful land of you are definitely summoning for this boss. The Ruin Sentinels, while skippable, are pound for pound the toughest bosses in the game based on when they make their appearance. I'm sure some players went bankrupt on effigies while others decided to go level or explore, explore elsewhere after tangling ass. <laughs> heard that expression. After tangling ass with this trio of dick bags for the first time. Um, when I was finally tough and savvy enough to solo them, it was among the, my most satisfying kills in the game. Uh, as far as levels go, there's a lot to see and some interesting lore scattered about. Unfortunately, annoying blacksmith number two shows up and semi-ruins the party. No pun intended. <laughs> I I do not think the ruined sandals are that. Like, I think they're tough, but they don't. I I didn't have that big of a deal, a hard time with them. I, you know, I, I think that if I wasn't playing it on a crunch, I probably would have uh, walked away from it for a while, for longer than I did. This yeah, might- it was... Or go ahead, I'm sorry. This, this might have been still in my first day of play, too. It, this was Nick's uh, stopping point for yep. a long time. Uh, Nick from uh, Check It Out Comrade. Yep. He had a real hard time with them. And they are tough, mm-hmm. but the uh, I just didn't have that much. Uh, you know, it just wasn't. Uh, there, were, there were bosses that definitely were more of a roadblock for me. Something I didn't bring up. Do you think, like, if, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be like Illusory Wall or something. But do you think there's different AI routines for the different... Uh, um, uh, sentinels aside That'd from be very which, which ones will jump is it like a like a more subtle inky blinky Clyde kind of thing that would be cool yeah. I think that I mean if I had to guess I would say no based on how often they perfectly sync up yeah which is amazing when they do the spin yep and they're just doing this like synchronized dance move yeah for you it, but it uh, makes it's really it creepier. possible yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alex says via the contact form Doing the, ruins, doing the Ruin Sentinels solo as a pure melee character who didn't know about maces was the cause of more deaths than any other singular event in the game. 
Uh, I'll have to look at my journal, but I'm sure it fell somewhere around 30 attempts. The chemical that my brain released on the 31st attempt <laughs> is the reason why Souls is the greatest. <laughs> There's there, there's something that my my, my grandpa uh, who's who, who's passed away um, on, on my dad's side and on my dad says it too whenever we go golfing, uh, you know, just like just just going out there like oh you'll just be kicking up sod you know every other shot but then there's this one that's just like ping and it goes mm-hmm. and goes and goes like the wind took it and like whenever that happens what they'll say is uh, you know that's the one that keeps you coming back yeah 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 I can see yeah, that that's the chemical. <laughs> yeah, it's a good chemical. The um, and I also I, in the last response I was talking about how this boss wasn't that hard. And in during Whip Fest, um, this did take me a bunch of tries. Yeah. The uh, it is it is very hard uh, to fight him with a low penetration weapon like a whip. Yeah. So I did have to come back and and be a lot stronger. So depending on your weapon loadout, I could definitely see this being a lot harder than it ended up being for me. I think on my um, boy, like first playthrough, I don't think I was using a blunt weapon, but I wasn't using um you know, something particularly shitty either. Yeah. You know, I think I was using like a, like a battle axe or something. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Zachary says via contact, what I enjoyed about the Macduff bonfire and the lost Bastille, aside from the little puzzle to open it was being summoned as a phantom and then checking to see if the torch in the room was lit. It's nice to be able to light the torch uh, for your host and get Macduff off his duff. Even if the host reaction is going to be delayed until they go to the bonfire next, which may end up being fairly quickly if they try and go for the absolutely crazy shortcut to the boss, which is that hidden door. Yeah. Thing. So when I was prepping for this, um, I was mm-hmm. like, which shortcut? Like, are they talking about just making the run for the ladder? No, they're talking yeah, about it, a literal leap of faith. It, it is. It is the, the worst shortcut, the hardest shortcut. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I did not, I had to ask somebody on YouTube how to, to get them to move mm-hmm. off the chest. Like I'd never figured it out yeah. on my own. That's a nice I think it's because together. the sconce looks a little bit different. Mm, like yeah. torch, you know, places where you can light torches don't always look the same. And then, blend into the background for me yeah 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 uh, that's a that's a pretty good hammer too speaking in blunt weapons yeah yeah they've got pretty uh, pretty steep requirements so i think it's 20 strength yeah um which is which is you know not insignificant right you have to be a strength spec to really realistically get that yeah yeah hmm. so uh matt i'm gonna butcher your name i'm so sorry matt but matt vanderveeg uh, via Facebook says, uh, I love the concept of this area. I'm a bell bro, but I also enjoy being summoned by uh, summoned to help someone through, as well as going through myself. Being able to take on two phantoms by myself, outsmarting them, and taking on the gargoyles is a great experience. Indeed. Yeah. That's a, that, that was my experience with this time. I, I, felt, I felt really good that I didn't die to any, any of the bosses. It was all one try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that is a, always a fun, uh, that's a fun feel mm-hmm. one try for the win. <laughs> um, Harry Simpson says via Facebook, uh, Belfry Luna seems pretty easy to explain from a lore perspective. Obviously the bell represents the King's dinner bell and all the bell keepers are gluten-free vegans who have been paid by Nashandra to keep the masses in gluten-free vegan hell. By denying these essential nutrients and flavors, she's hoping to weaken the player's spirit and further hollow him slash her. Now, another thing to consider is the lack of a health food store or even a place to buy vitamins and drink like another plot of Nishandra's to push her gluten-free vegan agenda even further. Anyways, if you can make it past the snack keepers <laughs> and you're able to ring the king's dinner bell, you awaken the spirits of cheese, milk, honey, steak, 
pizza, and the spirit of pure flavor. <laughs> they have been bound to the bodies of stone gargoyles and have hollowed to the point of no return. Nishandra warped their delicious minds in the days of yore to hate all Salaic uh, kind. Uh, the biggest letdown of the entire area is when you finish off the last gargoyle and walk through the door. After all the troubles and hardships, you learn that all the snacks have been shipped off to the Dragon Riders. Those fat fucks. Uh, fun area, great boss design, great lore. It is a pretty small area, but they pack enough action into such a small space that I think it can be forgiven. 9 out of 10 would snack again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't, I like goofy stuff. If that, was, that, that, is, that was worth it for the spirit of pure flavor, which I imagine being like a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of the, the gargoyles being hollow, and I imagine them as like hollowed out chocolate gargoyles, <laughs> which I would buy. And when you, when you hit them with a mace instead of going boing, it goes crunch. Yeah, they just cr- like crumble in on themselves like you always did to rabbits. Yeah. Hollow rabbits. Oh, man. That was, I, you know, that, that's a very early lesson in disappointment, I think. Oh, like a hollow chocolate Yeah, the, the, the hollow chocolate. Like It's an early lesson in disappointment, but it's a nice measure of how you change as a person. Oh, true. Because like now, like I don't need an entire rabbit of chocolate. Right. Like rabbit should not be a unit of measurement for milk chocolate. True. Like a rabbit worth. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was uh, it was like Easter. It was at church in the basement and there was like a bingo thing or like a little contest that I won in uh, in Sunday school. I was like, I'll take the rabbit. I'll take the rabbit. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I would take a bite off the ears because obviously bite the ears off first. And like I think I bit my tongue or just it snapped oh, closed too quickly. It's <laughs> like, no, why has God forsaken me? Not yeah. an atheist. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. Uh, so- no, but um, Robin Gilmore says via Facebook, I found this area impossibly easy. I was so relaxed throughout, and I can't understand why so many had issues. How could they? The Sentinels were a breeze. One hit kills, victory on the first try. Those exploding zombie things, a mere bag of ten. I don't know what that word is, but I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know ne- they never blew up in my face, ever. And as for Belfry Luna, what's the big deal? I was never invaded by ganking overpowered chitheads and dispatched the... mm, How many was it? 10, 12 gargoyles with my eyes shut, all while fat rolling using only my bare and unbuffed fist. Dark Souls is getting too easy, I swear. Kids these days. Jesus Christ, Mm. where's the Xanax? Yeah. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Again, goofing around. (laughs) Just, Just fun Good goofing. Yeah. Good goofing, Robin. So thank you for the goofing. <laughs> yep. um, we also have some kind of leftovers from No Man's Wharf. Andy says via contact, I think there is some neat unspoken lore in the ways that the hollow in No Man's Wharf uses, uh, the hollows in No Man's Wharf use fire as a weapon. One can imagine what it must have been like to be the first group to come into this cave and be tasked with building a dock, only to have your numbers drop due to constant Darkstalker attacks. <laughs> they learn the Darkstalker's weakness, post up archers with fire, and to ensure the archers have a t- large target and will make it a big enough fire that the guys on the ground carry around oil to throw at whatever needs to be shot. Hmm. Pharos comes by and installs a big gaudy crystal chandelier, and the Darkstalkers all retreat to nice, dark, now uninhabited corners of the wharf the light can't reach everyone stays on their side of the line just swimmingly until you with your lofty goals of becoming the king of the hollows or was it something else bear seek 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 i forget now but you come in with your big dome sword and ruin the whole peaceful system all the while those guys were just trying to take a nap <laughs> it's been zero hours since a dark stalker attack yeah yeah one d one d zero hours um yeah that's that's, that's interesting mm-hmm. Like, the idea of them not being... Like, for some reason, I definitely got the, the like, beast of burden or pack animal impression 
but I mm-hmm. didn't have anything to base that on. Yeah. Like I, th- I thought they lived in some kind of grotesque harmony. Mm-hmm. Mostly because if they didn't, I would move. <laughs> like you don't like you don't live in a place that has those things. Yeah. If or, there's one of those in my bathroom right now, I'm going to move. Yeah. <laughs> At least call the police. Yeah. <laughs> call, call demon control. Yeah. Which sounds like the best anime. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a anime. If there's one of those in my bathroom and a Bart Simpson at the end of my bed, you won't see me for the next episode. No. Done. Holy crap! You're referencing like two weeks in the future, Gary. <laughs> that's, or, that's true. No, wait, it's, it's concurrent. You're, you're you're referencing four days ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but uh, Emily says via the contact form, uh, Lucatil's appearance in No Man's Wharf is the first of a recurring visual motif of masked women. This motif will repeat itself several times as we progress through the game, and it all leads up to an important insight about a certain spoiler. One thing that I love about From storytelling style is the use of subtle visual and thematic cues like this to clue us in about the otherwise convoluted storyline. If you pay close attention to these subtleties, they offer deep insights about the world. Maybe uh, more of us would have guessed the possibly uh, guessed the possibility that Ornstein was an illusion in, in Orlando if we had been paying more attention to the illusion is better than reality theme in Dark Souls 1. Hmm. Yeah. I, is is that theme introduced before you fight Ornstein, or is that more of like a oh shit moment, like a Shyamalan, you know, boom? Um, in Dark Souls one, like yeah. other than than Gwendolyn, yeah. Um, you know, like it, it it's it, that's the biggest thing. I think you can make the argument that the um, like kindling the fire, yeah. in a weird way, is kind of an expression of that too. And the whole uh, Witch of Isleth trying to, like, relight it or create Yeah, like, make a fake version. Like, you can't make a a fake version of reality. Like, you can't fight against, like, a tide Mm -hmm. of such. Uh, Seath, too. Yeah, Seath. Trying to, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nito not doing anything. Yeah, Nito Nito being the most passive. Yeah. Even though, like, out of all the, like, Dark Souls 1 lore videos that came out, the Nito ones are some of my favorites because they're really conjectury and really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about it more, but just uh, bringing up that motif of masked women at some point, and we'll start talking about it maybe in a, maybe a month or so. Talk about the weird, um, like, I, I don't necessarily like in Dark Souls 2 how ladies are always the villains. You notice that? There's yeah. like an evil woman theme with uh, it's... with, with uh, Nishandra and then with um, uh, Mitha mm-hmm. and then with the Lost Sinner. You know, like, there's just kind of this weird, uh, and then the Duke's dear Freya. Like, there's a weird kind of, like, controlling woman behind... Controlling evil woman behind a powerful man. It'd be really, really hard to call Freya a woman. I know she's technically female because she lays eggs, but that is a very no. animistic approach. No, it is. It is. Yeah. But I'm just like uh, with every other kind of example. Yeah, yeah. Like a big, big monstrous lady behind an ineffectual. It's you know. I mean, it's Lady Macbeth, right? Yeah, it just happens a lot. Yeah, you know, that's um, a little gross. I liked. Uh, I, I liked in Dark Souls one how it was, you know, the the the, the corrupt, overambitious king. You yeah, know? or his and effeminate you get, you son. Get some of that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his effeminate Anywho. son. But yeah, Indeed. favorite CCR song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you everybody. If you have things to say about Huntsman's uh, cops, or even about the Lost Bastille, mm-hmm. or about uh, Tisfanen, you can do so at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yep, our door is open. Mm-hmm. And if you if you wrote in and something didn't didn't get in, it's because we're you know 
just trying to manage the length of these things know that we read it and it's kind of like saved away for uh for for, for a rainy day uh for a time when it is uh for it is uh you know really relevant to what we're talking about so yeah. do not despair uh it did get through i really appreciate the input it's just a matter of assembling the uh you know the list here yeah mm-hmm. yeah or it was about you know sinners rise yeah <laughs> we're not talking about this episode yeah um yeah so, yeah, and uh, as we mentioned, you'll see us uh, next episode when we'll be joined by Allison mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, who runs the Lego Dark Souls blog, yeah. uh, Tumblr blog. Mm-hmm. And there's some, uh, what other admin stuff can they do? Oh, I mean, Phil wasn't able to stick around, but I'd like to thank him again for appearing last week. Phil Collar oh, sure. on uh, uh, Polygon.com or at Phil Collar on Twitter. Yeah, or uh, twitch.tv forward slash stream friends yeah. is his uh, streaming group. Um, yeah, so thank you very much, Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, you can leave us an iTunes rating or review. They, uh, they, 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 we were very active when Dark Souls 2 came out, and they, and they fell off a little bit. That is very helpful in uh, kind of intangible ways uh, to help more people find out about us. I know we don't like we say it in passing uh, usually every episode, but I want to underline it right here. Like, if you're a new listener who's picked up after the, uh, the PC version of the game came out, uh, that is something that you can do to definitely support us. And it's free as long as you use iTunes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is only cost... You know, a credit card frust- number. Yeah, a frustration box. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just costs minutes of your life. Yeah, that you'll never get back. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, um, you can check out our other shows at uh, duckfeed.tv. Um, if you want to support us financially, you can go to duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at that point, uh, you know, you can also find a link to our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. There, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. And uh, that's really appreciated. It's a way to monetarily support the show and you get access to cool stuff. So thank you to everybody who has done that. And if you haven't done that, take a look at the prizes that we offer. Prizes, rewards, incentives, whatever, mm-hmm. any of these words that are yeah, all You can get some cool synonyms. spider rings. <laughs> yeah. And novelty uh, combs. Yeah, to- Tootsie Roller mustache comb. Yeah, which one will you choose? Yeah. Um, one of them you can actually use. <laughs> which one do you choose? When I was young, I never wanted the candy. But then I now that I'm older, like I realize, like, oh, this little guy with a parachute is just going <laughs> to yeah. end up in a landfill. Yeah. So... Hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, stay tuned for some brief deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. Umbas. Umbas. What uh, uh like what do you, what do you normally stream? <clears throat> I have a big group of friends. Uh, we have a we have a channel. We actually just call it Stream Friends, and mm-hmm. we we all take turns streaming on there whenever we feel like it, and then um, hanging out on Skype with each other while we stream. Yeah. Um, but we play, we play, we have a wide range of interests, so we kind of play a little bit of everything. Um, I'm actually, you know, right now the main thing that I'm streaming is my play, uh, new playthrough of Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Um, so you play a little bit of everything, though. Have you, uh, have you switched over to the PC version? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I waited to stream until I got the PC version because I was, um, that was kind of my, I, I played the console version for review, and then I was like, the PC version will be, uh, Streaming will be my excuse to replay it on PC, basically. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, didn't want to edit out if you, you know, put them up on YouTube, edit out six seconds of load times, <laughs> you know, every yeah, single time. Exactly, off, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's beautiful. That's the, the other thing it's so, pre- and that's, that's the, I, I'm not a huge, like, frame rate guy. I'm not the type of guy to be, like, you know, upset that a game isn't 60 frames per second. But, man, starting it, starting up, dark souls 2 on on pc and just realizing like 
how good it how how smooth it feels running at 60 frames per second it's so nice yeah it's like playing an hd remake of a game that just came out two months ago yeah it kind of, it really is it really <laughs> yeah. is yeah it's weird yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So I'm going to sing some barbershop quartet tomorrow. Really? Yeah. For for what? <laughs> for work. Oh. Huh. <laughs> we, 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 do, we do a word presentations, and uh, it's become a game of one-upsmanship to make them uh, to make them as goofy as possible. Do what presentations? Uh, like, a wor- like a word presentations, like oh, okay. recognizing people. And uh, um, there's going to be a surprise barbershop performance. Huh. And a long, ongoing um, game of one-upsmanship. So... Yeah, That'll have you be... uh, have you practiced? Yep, we've, we we've we've rehearsed in a stairwell. We're trying to keep it secret. Yeah, cool. What song are you doing? Uh, we're doing a brief medley uh, uh, between uh, "Honey, Bless Your Heart" and "Little Lies." Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like the it's like... little lies. Tell me, sweet little lies. <laughs> it's like it's like little lies. I love you, little lies. I love you, love you. Oh, love little eyes. Yeah, like, like, as, as in almost like like little Liza, like little eyes. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. we're we, we've customized the lyrics to be about to be about, your <laughs> to be about the coworker. Because you're a fucking dork. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my idea. I was brought into. It. No, I know I'm a fucking dork. <laughs> like I like I know that we we had some beef earlier, so I should you know it might be the no T zone. No, it's fine. that is the dorkiest thing I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Well, it just <laughs> I know, which is which is why I'm taking like delight in it. Like we can totally own it. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. And just like it came out of like you know just a conversation. It's like oh yeah, I used to do like acapella and stuff like back in high school or something. You know when there was like competitions and things. It's like oh that'd be fun to do again. Oh, whatever. And then just getting an email saying you've been invited. We need a base. <laughs> it's like yeah, fuck yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it, it is dorky, and that's exactly why I like it. <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah. So. That mm-hmm. is that I've been looking for. That I've been so stressed out this week that that has been like my light at the end of the tunnel. Like just yeah. fuck yeah, <laughs> I get to sing. Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> let's do the uh, the ad read. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Yeah. I need to buy that uh, Trail of Cthulhu bundle. Uh, yeah, I need to do that too. Trial. Yeah. Trial. Trial. Or no, no, it is trial. trial. Okay. Yep. Cool. Whoops. Either way, like actually. Would be totally t- like, man, I should run that. Like, <laughs> your honor. He- That's an expansion for Devil's Attorney. Yeah, exactly. Man, I wish that was an expansion for Devil's Attorney. Make an expansion for Devil's Attorney. Like, that game is so good. Yeah.